Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a book that's coming up on a final order cutoff for Image. It's called The Good Asian. I have the creative team with me here today. It's written by Pornsec Pichichote. And the hey. artist Alexander Tefenji is here uh, to talk to us as well. Uh, so, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I got a chance to read uh, the first couple of issues. Thank you for that, uh, Pornsec. It's it's really interesting. Right from the start when I heard about this title, uh, I thought, first of all, timely, um, which is so strange the way that works yeah. out in comics where you know you start developing something you know for a long time and then it yeah. comes out and all of a sudden people are w thinking well did you have a crystal ball how did you know it's just it's just a, the weird one of the weird coincidences uh, of life um so why don't you uh point why don't you give us kind of the elevator pitch for anybody that's not familiar with the good asian uh let everybody know what the story is kind of all about Sure. Um, the Good Asian is a genre that we're calling, that we've made up called Chinatown Noir. It's a 1936 detective story featuring the first generation of Americans that uh, were that came of age under an immigration ban, the Chinese. And so, so it's, it has all the stuff that hopefully you like out of a out of a noir, uh, you know, with conflicted detective mysteries, gumshoeing, you know, uh, dark conspiracies, but it's also about Asian American history um, that we've kind of forgotten, as well as the, you know, part of that history is the Chinese Exclusion Act, which was America's first immigration ban, and and sort of what it meant to this generation of of Chinese in 1936, Chinese Americans in 1936. Yeah, and. Uh, it Again, like we said, very timely because not only with this framework of a detective story with this kind of and, and you you guys are really going uh, to the classic uh, pole yeah. where it's not so much just, hey, it's dark and moody. Um, I mean, it's it's dark and you're exploring even the, the, the main character. He's not somebody who's, uh, you know, all white hat. You know, yeah. he's he's got his own flaws and he's got his own. So. It's it's really uh, in that way, hearkening back to those those pulp stories where yeah. uh, everybody's sort of in the gray area. Yes, you know. Yes, uh, it, very it's much all so. About, yeah, it's all about uh, shades of gray. And I, and and speaking of shades of gray, the the artwork by you, Alexander, is uh, is very uh, appropriate as well. You do uh, an incredible job. Um, can you let us know how you got uh, involved in the project, Alexander? Um. I met Cliff Chang uh, in uh, New York Comic Con, and uh, it was the second second time I, I met him at the New York Comic Con, and we talked about everything and, and about life, and about um, me uh, staying in Vietnam for 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 a while, and uh, going to to uh, my uh, to know my roots, my Asian roots, and uh, and and also talked uh, about. Uh, wanting to find a project that would suit my art and that, that would be interesting. And uh, after a while, uh, he, he uh, introduced me to, to Pornsack. That's, so that's really cool because uh, the other part of this, like I was saying, is, you know, we've seen, and I don't even necessarily know if it's a rise in Asian hate crimes recently or, or people are just paying more attention. Mm. Um, and it, it just... It, it's such a terrible thing and it's not just, you know, Asian crime, but, but, you know, crimes against all sort of uh, marginalized people. 
and I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes over the last five years. I think a lot of people thought we were further along than this. Yeah. Um, and, and we're not. And, and, you know, a lot of people that aren't part of those marginalized groups maybe didn't realize that the problem was, was still there. So, you know, you two are both of, of Asian descent. So this must be uh, in that way uh, a chance for you to kind of raise the level of, of conversation. Would you say that's accurate, Pornzak? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's funny, like when, sorry, when you say like, you don't expect this stuff to become timely, right? Or, or you work on it so far in advance, you don't realize the way, I certainly didn't realize the way it was going to become timely. I knew when I started off, it was, it, 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 it was a reaction to the Muslim ban. It was a reaction to, to that immigration ban. And so that the seeds of it is like, all right, well, in our history, we had a generation that kind of grew up with an immigration ban of sorts. And, and that's kind of where the research started. And that's kind of where the germ of the idea started. And then to sort of have, you know, in the past of the year, year and a half, like this, the, the, this rash of sort of anti-Asian hate crimes. And you bring up a good point, like, you know, is, you know, and it's something I've talked about with friends as, as well, is like, you know, how much of this has there been a rise and how much has there been like this has been here all the time and we're just now sort of paying attention to it. It, it does feel like a, a little bit, it does feel like a rise of some sort, you know, they, it seems to be happening sort of all over the world, but especially here in, in America. Um, and originally it was, you know, the, 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 the story started off, or the German story started off was um, I didn't know about the Chinese Exclusion Act. I didn't know about the Immigration Act of 1924, the ban sort of Asians from entering the country. And I, I kind of felt ashamed about that. I, you know, I, it, I, it was very, you know, only till very recently in, in the relative scheme of my life that I, that I had learned it as an Asian American. And so part of it was it wanted to tell a story that kind of, that, that acknowledged all that Asian American history that had kind of like fallen by the wayside. And, and part of it too was for me, a lot of this stuff is are collisions of things that interest me. And something that always interests me was, you know, the Asian crime solvers in the 1930s, Charlie Chan, Mr. Moto, Mr. Wong. And so did, the idea that that was so popular in the 19, I mean, Charlie Chan was huge, that it was so popular in the 1930s. Meanwhile, there was an immigration ban happening to, to Chinese during that time. It felt like those two dots needed, needed some connecting. And that's kind of where the story started. And how about you, Alexander? Uh, do, do you feel this is an important story to tell? Is it important to shine the light on, on these types of things? Of course, I, I think it's uh, primordial to to raise awareness about all the, 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 the hate crimes and racism because racism, uh, it, it's, it's, the story is, takes place in 1930s, but it's a, a, a problem nowadays. It's, it, it's, it's timeless. Yeah. So I mean, the, yeah, yeah. Keep going, out. Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So uh, this story is uh, universal. It's uh, it, it, it talks about Asian uh, racism in uh, against the Asian community, but it, you could easily translate that translate that into other communities. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what, a good point. Yeah, I could easily see uh, instead of Chinatown, it's Harlem. You know, and it's an African-American yes. story. It's, you know, it's, it's like we said, it's unfortunate that these, you know, I always go back to the fact that if you look at us, you know, any, any human on this planet, 
from a, a genetic scientific perspective, we're all like 99.9999999% yeah. the same. We're all so much more alike than we are different. We all have uh, very much shared experiences of being a, a species on this planet at this time, you know, much, much, much more alike than different. So it, it, it frustrates me that people focus on that minuscule amount uh, of difference rather than mm -hmm. focusing on the things that we, we have in common. Uh, yeah, I, I, th I think you were going to uh, add to something Alexander said. Oh, like. yeah, I, I, I think part of the thing I was going to add was was just the fact that like when talking sort of about the universality, you know, one of the things I've tried to as I've been writing the book, you know, try to remind myself that I'm talking about the experience of, you know, in, for Asian Americans in 1936 and not and, and that it resonates contemporarily. But one of the things has I've been doing that it's it's been too easy to it's been too easy to talk about both of this at sort of the same time. And it sort of brings to mind sort of how little things have changed. I mean, one of the things that it, it really doesn't feel like it's changed at all is that, you know, part of the why the book works the way it does is because at that time, we didn't talk about working class Asian Americans. And the, one of the things I've kind of realized, one, through writing the book, but also through this rash of hate crimes, is we still don't talk about working class Asian Americans. We've gotten a lot better at talking about other working class people sort of in this country. But even in this, in the skew of the hate crimes, we don't talk about the victims. We don't talk about, and most of them are sort of working class, and we don't talk about any, we don't talk about any of that. Um, and so that to me was sort of the, the discovery I made sort of along the way in, in terms of, you know, what's happening outside and sort of what, you know, what the internal process of, of writing the book has been. Yeah, it's a it's a good point, and and again, I, I think it it's so important that we tell these kind of stories, and not only that these kind of stories are told, but they're told from the right perspective. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you're both uh, aware of that. And it's not that you would ever try to, uh, you know, kind of co-op someone else's story, but here we are telling the story of uh, you know an Asian American detective. Uh, in the story, he's he's the first in in the United right. States, which is very interesting because the 30s and i think i read um in the back matter of the first issue that it didn't actually happen in the in the real world until 1957 yeah um so i think you two are, are kind of the perfect creators to, to tell the story of of edison hark uh as a detective um and i, I wonder uh porn sec for you in terms of of character is there any of your yourself there like what was your in to to what makes edison tick how do you i mean relate there, to there, there's a lot of there's a lot of an in I, and, and and so so first you know mainland america didn't have uh an asian american police officer until 19 uh 1957 but you know hawaii certainly had and, and oh, okay. edison hark i i i would be wrong not to Edison Hark is very much inspired from Changaparna, who was the first Asian American cop in Hawaii, who was also the inspiration for Charlie Chan. And so a lot of him comes from, you know, that from from Changaparna, but a lot of it, I mean, there's so much of him. I, it was very easy for me to sort of find an end with him in, in different ways. I think sort of the first one that pops into my mind is I have a strange background for an Asian American in that I was born in this country, but when I was 12, my family moved to Thailand. And then I spent high school for five years in Thailand and then kind of came back to America for college and has sort of been here ever since. So, but those five formative years, I, uh, you know, I wasn't here and, and, and they're big years for yourself as an adult and yourself for as an American. So I feel like for me, there's always been a part of me and it's part of my, why I've been drawn to comics and stories 
I'm trying to figure out the person I'd be if I had never left, you know, would I be more American, would be less American, whatever that those questions mean. So as a result, when I think about sort of Asian American, I, I feel like I don't have that typical uh, upbringing that most Asian Americans have, probably with the fact that they've been in this country for their entire lives. And, and so with that, I, I do at times feel like I'm on the outside looking in and trying to feel like, you know, do I, you know, am I responding to things in the same way they're responding to things? Am I doing things with enough sensitivity, too much sensitivity, too little sensitivity? Um, so, so, so when Har kind of comes to Chinatown from Hawaii, trying to, trying, trying to figure out where his place is, I, I very much relate with that. You know, part of what Hark is coming from too is, you know, he was a Chinese American that was raised by a white millionaire family because that's you needed that kind of patronage to in order to be a cop. Um, and so, and and so he's also wondering like, okay, I'm an Asian with privilege. How do I, how how do I give back? How do I how can I help that privilege? And what is the right way? And, you know, it, just in lieu of having a a platform to talk, you know, I certainly feel similar about about those kind of things. And so so those are all kind of the ways that you know, I find similarities with Edison Hark, but one of the interesting things as I've been talking about this book with other people and talking to other Asian American creators, this sense of, am I Asian enough to talk about this or am I Asian enough to talk about that? That, that creeps up a lot, I feel, I feel like. And I partly, I wonder if that's partly because like, you know, there is a little bit, there are more African black stories, black literature, Latino literature sort of out there that kind of codifies all those questions a little bit more. And there's less of that for Asian Americans. And, and so I do wonder, even as I say, I feel like on the outside looking in, I wonder how much of that is, is, is typical. Yeah, the other uh, thing to kind of think about is, is you know, so many times we, we talk about, okay, this is an African American story, or this is, uh, you know, a Native American story or an a Asian American story. Asian American, I, I feel like that term is is a little more broad than African American yeah. because we're, we're you know it. There's a big difference between being Korean versus being yeah. Chinese versus Japanese versus Thai. You know, based yeah. on your your heritage, um, and you hear so often. Uh, I mean, just recently, uh, uh, we had the other history of the DC Universe issue three come out, right. focusing on katana, um, and it had in there a reference to Albert Chin, I believe his name was. Yeah, yep. he, he was. He was killed because they, uh, the the you know these terrible people that attacked him thought he was Japanese yeah. and he was he yeah. was Chinese and there's yeah you know there's so many people that are racist and bigoted and they don't even have it right you know they just lump yeah. oh you're just one of those people yeah um, and so I, I it's just these are just things that we we unfortunately still struggle with and I think it's important to to keep in mind you know as as somebody who's a you know, not in a marginalized group that personally I, that I'm aware that, hey, you know, Asian American, that it's not the same for everybody. And even within the same, you know, group, even within the same ethnicity, even two Japanese people could be very different. Two Chinese people could be very different. And it's just taking the time to listen, you know, to stop yeah. and listen to somebody's story instead of just uh, making assumptions, I think is is very important. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, Alexander, from uh, from a visual perspective, uh, one of the things that you're able to capture, I noticed very well, uh, is something that Pornsec was just uh, talking about, and that's the fact that Hark feels like an outsider, even though he's a member of this community. Um, he's in Chinatown, and he's he's you know searching for this this lost girl. You do something with his face 
that's so interesting at times where you get that feeling that even he feels like he he doesn't belong. And it's we certainly get that from um, the dialogue, but also from his body language, from his uh, his kind of emotion in, in the face. How challenging is that for you uh, as as an artist doing that kind of emotion and that that body language? Is it something you enjoy? Is it is it hard? Does it take? I, I think multiple? it's. I think it's uh, right up in my alley because I I I, I feel really uh, empathy for the for Ark because uh, being uh, in the middle of uh, the uh, is, has been raised by a white a fat white family uh, and is part of the Asian community is some somehow caught in the, in the middle and I can r- relate to that because I have Asian descent but also I'm part African. My mother is from is from Djibouti, so yes, I, I, sometimes you f- you f- you can feel that you have one foot in one community and the and the other on uh, outside on the other one, and this uh, experience and this uh, feeling that that uh, I have that and uh, and had in my life, I could translate that into, into the drawings. Uh, I, can, I can use that to imagine uh, how I would make Hark uh, act. That's, that, that's interesting that you're pulling from those personal experiences because I think some people assume when, you know, somebody like yourself that's, you know, from two, two different places or has, um, you know, descend or uh, um, ancestors or, or lineage from two different places, they think, oh, that person belongs to both when often the case is you don't feel like you belong to either. Right. Yeah. It, it, it depends because some, when you, you are in one community and you try to, to, to blend in and you, you sometimes you, you, you do whatever you can to blend in and you cannot, that's, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have to, to deal with, with that to be, as you mentioned uh, uh, in the beginning, to be in the great, great area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I also wanted to ask you about uh, about character design and and the design of the world that you've uh, you've created. Uh, you know, we we mentioned this is a pulp story, so um, the color palette is is sort of muted, and there's a lot of grays and browns, uh, blacks and whites, which you know it helps establish that mood. But in terms of, of the line work, uh, in terms of, of drawing, you know, Chinatown and not just Chinatown, but Chinatown in, in a particular uh, time period. And then also um, these characters, uh, was it a back and forth with you and Pornstick for the to, to capture the, the look you wanted or did you nail it right away? Was it challenging at all? I, I was lucky because Pornsack did all the, the groundwork about the documentation about, uh, about Chinatown and uh, the fashion of the 1930s. And every uh, issue I, I get, I get also a folder with uh, what I will need to 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 do the the, the, the issue. And I add to that my own research on uh, Pinterest and, and Google. But uh, yeah, the, the, the heavily lifting is made by Pornsack. I was just going to say, did you have uh, an idea in your head right when you started developing the story of, of how this was supposed to look? I, yes and no. Um, I knew 
a style like Alex was something that I uh, that I kind of wanted, you know, like you know, I think me and my editor, Will Dennis, um, we had conversations of just like, all right, the, who's the Asian Darwin cook? What does the Asian Darwin cook? What does that art look like and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff? And and so and that path kind of led us to Alex. But the one thing I wanted to say, though, is that like I think Alex nailed all the characters pretty much sort of on the first go. Like, I think, especially with Hark, I think he nailed it in one. Uh, We might have asked him to like, I think his first sketch might've been too faithful to the suits of the era. And so we wanted him to have a tighter fit to his, to his jacket. So, so he didn't look small the way like some of those guys in, in in the thirties did, but I kind of feel like Alex kind of nailed all the characters sort of on, on, on his first go. Yeah, they definitely feel uh, authentic, uh, especially yeah. for the the time period. And again, going back to what I was talking about with the, the body language, the character acting is yeah. done done really, really well. You get that sense that Hark really does feel like an outsider, um, even though he's a, he's a member of this uh, community. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to to ask you about, and I I, I think I read that you did this uh, purposely, and you wanted to do it for uh, a long time, Pornsec. Um, in, in talking about, because you've written for, for television, you've, you've done things yeah. in other media, uh, and we've seen detective uh, stories where they really focus on a, a visual way of showing us how some people just yeah. have a knack for, for noticing things. Yeah. And w- uh, when I read the article uh, of you talking about it, I immediately thought of psych and the way they would zoom yeah. in and kind of make things that's a flat. Good, yeah, that's a good... um, and you, you decided to put uh, something like that uh, in this story. So can you tell us about that? And then... Um, Alexander, we'll go to you and, and get your perspective on it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I forgot about Psych, but you're absolutely right. They do that. I need to like rewatch Psych. Now, now you're going to make me rewatch Psych, <laughs> at least a pilot, at, at least. But you're, you're right. They do do that in Psych. I mean, but you'd see it in so many television shows like Sherlock does it, you know, Hannibal does it, uh, Misty Knight in Luke Cage. Like they all have like their own version of of having the medium having the forum kind of show us what it's like inside a detective's head, you know? And I guess it's because detect, like pure detective fiction is a little rarer in comics. I kind of realized like, oh, we haven't really seen kind of the, as much of the equivalent in comics. So it felt like this untapped sort of potential to see like, all right, what can we do with like comics language and comics grammar to, uh, to, to show a little bit more of sort of the perspective of a detective. So you see that with sort of like, what we're what we in work on the book called Hark Vision. So as he's sort of looking at clues, but also as the book progresses, you know, you'll also sort of see uh, what I hope is sort of a, a graphic comic book equivalent of the detective trying to put the pieces together and trying to put the clues. Because if so much of this, of the inspiration for the book were the old like pulp novels of the 1930s of, you know, Continental Ops, Sam Spade, Philip Marlowe. And in those books, you know, you'll have a chapter of just straight prose of exposition of them just like, here's what I think happened or here's what happened kind of thing. And you can't really do that for comics. And so part of the challenge was, and part of the fun challenge is like, all right, I, I want to, one, I need to be, uh, the, the story needs that stuff, but also I want to sort of be faithful to that, you know, tradition of these stories. So how can I use, how can I make it specifically comics to kind of do that? And and so that was part of the fun. And hopefully you'll see that through the course of the series. Yeah. And it is so, so uh, interesting uh, to, to do it that way, because you're, you're right. Um, it is something that's so hard to do in comics, just based yeah. on the way the, the medium is where you're trying to pull back from, from dialogue and not have yeah. you know too many word balloons covering up uh, Alexander's line work. 
but you still have to show those, uh, you know, those important uh, facets. And some of the things we we may be seeing in the first few issues with this, uh, this Hark vision, as you called it, we may not even realize how important they are until later. And then that gives value on the the reread, which is always fun to do once you have the the whole issue. So um, give us your perspective on, on Hark vision, uh, Alexander, uh, when Pornsec told you about it, was it? Did you think it was a really cool idea? And and have you enjoyed uh, incorporating that into the art? Yeah, of course. Uh, when uh, Pornsec uh, talked to to me about uh, the the detective vision, I thought that was a really great idea. And we talked about how we would uh, put that in 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 the pages. And you you of course you you. When you compose a, a panel, you try to 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 put the the, the focus on the important uh, things in the panel and focus on that. And furthermore than that, we we needed to f- put a focus on the focus <laughs> to 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 have this uh, detective eyes. And what we we came up graphic solution we came up, I think it, it works. Uh, well for 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 the narrative uh, as a narrative solution yeah i i agree it 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 definitely works and it's so interesting because it's not something that as far as i know not something that anybody's ever done at least not to this extent and so i think yeah it works uh it works really well um the other part about this story i mean people have done detective stories and comics before obviously and pulp uh before um but i don't remember at least i haven't read a story where with where it is so faithful to those um to those novels where the detective is is following one lead stumbles on another clue before he knows it stumbles on another thread hears from this other person this is sort of all over the place as hark is trying to what started out as i'm just looking for this one missing girl has all of a sudden become so much larger of a story that looks like it affects, you know, far more people. Um, is it tough to keep all that straight in your head, porn sec? Or, or- yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, I, I have like a document that kind of keeps track of sort of everything and where we're looking at it, you know, issue by issue and, you know, how much of a, I am absolutely sure there's a better way to do it than the way I am doing it. <laughs> but uh, but I do have like this spreadsheet of just kind of like, okay, here's where we find these clues and here's where we pay off these clues and here's where we're tracking sort of this this emotion for ARC and sort of all that kind of stuff. But it really was the desire to, you know, like I, I this, I, I feel like a lot of times when people say they're inspired by noir, they're inspired by sort of noir, noir movies, like movies of the 40s and all that sort of stuff. And this really is just um, um, inspired by like the 30s, like because that's a time period, but those novels. And, and I think part of the challenge is, you know, doing this particular type of noir, this sort of gumshoe noir, its best medium is prose. Mm-hmm. And so, and so it's probably one of the reasons why you don't see it very much as, 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 a, as, as an, insp- you know, that, that people are riffing off of, because it really does work best like in prose. And so, so part of the challenge with this is just like, or how do you make this comics? How do you make this graphic? How do you make this, you know, uh, something that, that's, that's hopefully a visual delight and and that's that's where alex's art comes in like you know it's one of the things that you mentioned about alex and i it's so good at it and i still don't know how he does it is that what you were saying about like the acting being so good the thing that like amazes me about alex's art is that not only 
are his character's emotives. So often you will see them have two or three emotions simultaneously. You can see like going back to that you can see the conflict of emotions in that. And I find that amazing. Cause like, you know, I've worked with artists who, who are more photorealistic. And so they use models and, and, you know, from those models, like kind of get those expressions. But what Alex does is like, I, you know, he just does it all in his head and like puts it on the page. And, and that's amazing to me that he can do, can, he can render such complex contradictory emotions sort of in a single image. Yeah, and it's not it's not only that. The other thing that Alex's art, you know, and Alex, you had mentioned getting getting reference for this. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can have only have so much reference for the way the cars and the buildings look, but yeah. even on the the interior, you know, you do such a great job of of capturing the you know kind of the the decorative style of the of the period with you know whether it be you know chandeliers uh, or you know and paintings on walls and the way the furniture looks and whatnot. Um, down to, you know, the way grungy little shops in, in, in Chinatown work. And so it's not only so much that we're getting the story through this, uh, you know, emotion and body language, but it's the setting that you've, you've put them in. And I hear so many artists say, oh God, I just, I hate drawing backgrounds. They're so tedious. Is it something that you enjoy, Alexander, or that you are enjoying in the series, uh, you know, being able to draw th this period setting? Yeah, it's uh, something that is uh, fun to do. For me, a background is, uh, is also a character. It's, it, it sets the tone, it sets the atmosphere, and you could already get the mood even without the character, just with the background. So, of course, it's really important. And uh, I try to, to, to uh, create the backgrounds to, to, to match and the, 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 the time period and the, the style for, for uh, the book. And uh, that's uh, so, sometimes I try to synthesize the, some lines, some shapes to, to make it look as it's, uh, from, uh, the, the, it's from the era, but on the style, on the same style as uh, in the book. Gotcha. Is there, a, is there anything about the, the project that, or, or maybe I should ask it this way, what's your favorite thing to draw about the, the project? Uh, is, it the, is it the clothes? Is it the characters? Is it the, the backgrounds? Is there anything in particular that you, uh, that you enjoy the most? What I always, I love drawing the eyes. That's, mm. uh, that's uh, my, my favorite stuff. And uh, I, I think if you, if you're correct with the, 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 the eyes and the look, that's already a big part of the, the drawing that, that is uh, a success. Mm. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, Pornsack, do you know how long the, the, the series is gonna last? Does this have a, a you know, beginning, middle and end? Do you, do you have yeah. a, a goal in mind? Yeah, very much so. Uh, it's nine issues. Um, you know, we'll see if I, if I decide to squeak in one more or two more or whatever the case may be, but it, there's definitely a sort of finite sort of, you know, there very much is a beginning, middle and end. I'm actually writing the end right now. And then the idea is, is that, you know, I'm way too superstitious to plan for anything more, more than that. So if, you know, the reception for the book is good, there is sort of room for, uh, for, for sequels without getting too far ahead of sort of where we're at with the well, that, would, that, would, that would be uh, interesting. I mean, based on the, the amount that I've been able to read so far, uh, yeah, it feels like this character definitely has legs and it would be great to go on a longer journey. I mean, I'm sure within nine issues, we'll get a, a story arc for Hark. I mean, he's got to learn some things he already is realizing just the way he's, much like Alexander was saying, uh, Hark straddles two worlds, you know? Yeah. In a way, he, he says and does things that 
are kind of racist against his own yeah. heritage yeah. Um, because he, he feels trapped uh, yeah. in a way. It's, it's probably the, the thing as a, as a reader that we come to realize uh, early on uh, the, the first big character, you know, part of, of Hark is, is, he, he, Hey, he, this guy is not all sunshine and, and rainbows. Yeah. And he, he in a way is, is trapped by the choices that, that he's, he's made. So I think there is room there for uh, a lot of exploration. Uh, I know that when you did infidel, which was uh, very well received, that was sort of you saying, okay, here, here's my idea of what a, a horror story would be. Um, hmm. And now here, here you are doing your idea of what a, a pulp detective story would be. Um, any other uh, projects in in the works? Any anything else that you you uh, that you have planned that you can uh, just vaguely mention? <laughs> I can I can um, I, I I do have other stuff planned. Uh, there there are, there are other ideas that I sort of have cooking, um, and and I think yeah, you you kind of nailed it it on the head where. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think after Infidel, and Lord knows I love horror, and so I love working in horror, but I think after Infidel, everyone was expecting sort of like, what's your next horror story going to be? And I do like this idea. I was attracted to this idea of like, I love, I mean, part of, I think, and I think it maybe it's unique to comic book readers. I think like when you read a lot of comics, you're just so used to being barred by many different genres. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and so like, I know on my bookshelf, if I go to the list of like, prose writers it's like here's all their mystery novels and they're one you know and they're one like drama or they're one science fiction but with comic book writers it's like oh here's their science fiction book and here's their fantasy book and here's their horror book and all that sort of stuff and so like i i really am sort of inspired by that of just like trying to try sort of different genres so i i can't be too specific on what else i have in mind but it is going to be hopefully you will see stuff that is recurring through all my work but in very different contexts and hopefully it will be hopefully it's as surprising to uh to someone as sort of the good asian was surprising to hopefully is surprising to someone who read infidel and you know thought i was going to do a, my next book was going to be a different type of thing yeah it's a it, it's a good point um i mean there are and there are some central themes you know uh, yeah. this, this idea of of you know belonging and and yeah uh, you know things societally that we we need to address that i think are are, are very important so I'm, I'm glad to see that but this does yeah this feels uh wildly different than than infidel and it and it's you know obviously it's a completely different story different style and everything and it's uh it's interesting i wonder if i had if i give somebody okay read the first few issues of infidel read the first few issues of this don't tell them who wrote it and if they'd be able hmm. to realize it was the same yeah that'd be that, i'd be really or, interested about that too not. yeah that would, yeah that would be uh, interesting to see uh, from your perspective, Alexander, uh, how has the collaborative process been with with Pornsec? And, and would you uh, not to put you on the spot, but would we're, would you work with him again? <laughs> yes, of course. If uh, the, the, we find the, the right project for both of us, uh, it would be a pleasure to work with Pornsec because it has been so far, uh, and uh, it's a great team. Also with Will Dennis. Yeah. So yeah. And also to mention uh, Lee Luridge and uh, Jeff Powell, yeah, for uh, uh, the the they they do uh, such a great job. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Lee's name because we did mention it earlier about uh, the use of color, how important that is to sort of uh, establish the mm -hmm. the mood. And um, being that this is you know pulp, this is noir, this is uh, you know gumshoe detective story, that's so important. I, I always kind of. Uh, 
com compare or liken the, the colors in a comic to the soundtrack in a, in a movie, mm -hmm. right? The soundtrack in a movie, that, that music, it establishes your emotion. It, it lets you know when you need to get ready for something important happening. Uh, and it's kind of the same with, with the colors in, in comics and not just the, the particular palette they choose, but the, the intensity of that, that yeah. palette. And so I think Lee does a, a great job of um, accentuating what you do so well, Alexander, in those facial expressions and in the character acting with the light and the shadow. Um, so, yeah, I think, is he somebody that you had worked with before, uh, Alexander? No, it was one of the artists that Pornsack and Will Dennis suggested. But when I saw his work, I just thought, wow, I love his work and I want to work with this guy. So I really, <laughs> really said, okay, it's this guy. Yeah, it's like he's going to make me look really good. So let's get him on the, get him on yeah, the board. Yeah, his colors are really smart, really well thought. And uh, it's so narrative that, yeah, it, it, it it's uh, added added value to the to to the book. That's that's for sure. Well, that's great. Uh, well, final order cutoff. Everybody's in a, in a week. Uh, it's April fourteenth. So be sure you let your retailers know that you want a copy. Uh, you know, so often the shelves are are crowded at these comic shops, uh, and and if you don't tell them that you want this, you may not be able to get yourself a copy. So be sure you let them know that you want a copy of the Good Asian, so they can order one for you and and have it there. Uh, ready. So uh, thank you two for joining me. It's been great chatting about uh, the good Asian. Best of luck on, on the title. Hope it does really well. Hope we get more stories of uh, Edison Hark. I mean, to me, he feels like a, an instant classic that we could, you know, have three or four different uh, volumes and, and stories. Uh, and so hopefully we can get there. Uh, as we're closing up here, why don't you two let everybody know uh, where they can find you on uh, on social media? We'll start with you, Pornsack. Oh, sure. Um, I'm real underscore Pornsack on Twitter and real underscore PSAC on Instagram. And for you, Alexander? And I'm on Instagram. I think it's Stephen G uh, on Instagram. My name is so <laughs> maybe it will be difficult to find because it's not easy to write, but <laughs> it's uh, my name. Maybe uh, okay. you, can, you can find it on, uh, on the book and uh, that's it. I, I, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really uh, i don't have an active presence on twitter so uh, i would say instagram gotcha and uh, everybody i'll put uh, links to Pornsec and alexander's uh social media in the show notes so if you're having trouble finding them, you can go click there and uh and give them a follow so uh again thank you too for for joining me best of luck with uh with the book uh, as i said uh, final order cutoff is just uh, in a couple uh, in about a week so be sure you go and let your retailers know uh, and, you know, I, I look forward to it uh, again. Thanks so much, uh, Pornsec, for sharing the first few issues with me. It was great to read a nice big chunk of the story before we talked. Uh, the only downside is now I, I have to wait an extended period of time. Before <laughs> yeah, you really do. <laughs> so do. But that's fine. That's fine. It, it was great. I was uh, engrossed and I, I, I plowed right through them. So, uh, again, thank you two for joining me and, uh, and best of luck. Yeah, you too. Thanks thank so much. you for having us. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. 
Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.